0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host for this episode. I'm in the light, holy crap. And I'm here with Jerry Young, one of our instructors here at Fieldcraft Training. Jerry, what's up dude? Not much. You have your flashlight on you today?
1: I have one in my pocket, yes sir.
0: Holy crap. Uh, I mean, I know you always have a flashlight on you and I know I always do, but I think after this past week, I think we're not alone anymore with people that are that are carrying flashlights. Um, just to catch everyone up on speed or to speed, Jesus, I, I need coffee or something. Um, we are on the tail end of a blackout that took place here in North Carolina. Jerry and I were teaching a survival course in Aberdeen. Go home and at like two in the morning, I get a message from Jerry and it's like, hey, some idiots just shot up the power station. I'm like, okay. But then I realized that those idiots that shot up the power station affected my power and not just my power, but 40,000 people in Moore County, uh, they didn't hit just one power station. They hit two. And what eventually happened is that power was out from Sunday until Wednesday. And that whole time people lost their minds. So what this podcast is all about is kind of like the events that happened, things that we did to kind of maintain our sanity and then what you guys can do if the power goes out, which it's going to happen. So, uh, Let's, let's catch everyone up to speed, like with what you did, what I did, because I was fast asleep when you, when you messaged me. How did you know that the power went out? Uh, we were
1: up watching TV and the lights went out. So at that point, we decided we were just going to go to bed for the night. Now, what time was that? It was just before nine o'clock, I think. So, like between eight and nine o'clock. I can't remember exactly dude
0: i went to sleep early then
1: like i, I did too i was tired from the survival <laughs> class
0: <laughs> which by the way awesome survival class we had uh 10 students they had a great time i had a great time the weather was perfect we're going to do more of those but uh it's exhausting when, when you're out in the woods and then you know i joked with you and i was like i should have just stayed in the woods you know what i mean like it is exhausting but at least like you rise and you fall with like the days out there and you don't have to face the frustration of going over to your light turning the switch and nothing happens right um, so nine o'clock power goes out. You send me a text message. Uh, doc sends me a text message and it's like, Hey, I don't have power. And then I realized you don't have power. Doc doesn't have power. I don't have power. And I'm like, Holy crap, this is a big event. And I don't know how many TV shows have been made or how many movies have been filmed that feature power outages and then like widespread chaos. But that was like the first thing that was going through my mind. I'm like, all right, I already don't have guns on me. But let me go grab lanterns. Let me go check all my my stuff. Um, what was the first thing that you did when you knew that the power was going out?
1: Well, I had to put my daughter to bed, so I made sure there was <laughs> batteries in her sound machine. Mm-hmm. And then I just dug the extra flashlights out, and I really didn't worry about it because I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. So I figured we have flashlights to wait for the power to come back on. And then Doc texted me to make sure I was okay and saying it was a, it was a blackout. And then shortly after that, we got a text from one of the neighbors that said that someone had shot up the stations and that whether it's true or not, I don't know. I haven't confirmed it. They said that people were starting to want to loot
0: Walmart and they were bringing in reinforcements. And that's the text message that I got from you. It was, hey, uh, you know, allegedly like Walmart is getting looted. And I'm like, all right, normally I'm, I'm cool with having just my pistol next to me. But I was like, all right, time to break out, you know the AR and, and make sure I've got the doors locked. And I checked on my car and I'm like, how widespread is this? I think the first mistake that I made, and it sounds like you might've been there with me too, is you assume like, oh, it's just going to be off for a day or two, right? Or not even a day because most power outages are, are fixed easily. But I mean, the the damage that they did to that substation was significant. Like to the point where I remember this past week, they were flying helicopters to fly in some of the, the hardware because they said you couldn't just drive it in. Um, but that initial like oh it's just going to be like all the other power outages that's something i will never do again complacency complacency right like and we can call that a concept because that's how we're looking at something like a school shooting too right like oh it's going to be one or two people shooting up a school oh we've got a solution for that well let's look at the worst case scenario of a school shooting like Beslin, you know in russia like that's what we should be preparing for, Um, like the worst case scenario. But that complacency, complacency gets you killed. Um And I'll admit it, another mistake I made, I got done with that survival class and I was like, oh, I'll just get gas in the morning.
1: Ditto. Yeah. Uh, I had fuel, but not nah, as much as I should have had.
0: Agreed. Yeah, if- you know, I've, I've preached the half tank habit for a long time and I had less than half a tank, but I was like, I'll just get it, get it in the morning. I'm tired right now. Uh, I'm going to go home and eat my Chick-fil-A, which I did eat. It was amazing. But, uh, I wish I had gone and just said, you know what? I'm going to take care of this right now. Like man up, just go pump my gas. Cause all the gas pumps were affected. Um, and for me to get gas, I had to drive to Sanford. So like 20 minutes away and, that was that was fun.
1: I didn't make that trip till <laughs> 2 days later, but yes it was.
0: We'll we'll talk about that that line of cars on on that exit shortly. So we both wake up in the morning, the power is still out, and what's going through your head as far as like the checklist of what I need to do cuz the power is still out. It's not coming back anytime soon.
1: So security really wasn't an issue cuz I have dogs. So mm-hmm. I kind of kind of an early warning device, but I knew that my daughter and wife were gonna want to be warm and have some lights on so i have a gas fireplace i lit that and then i took the generator out and powered up the important things in the house number one the refrigerator freezer because i didn't want to lose
0: food Mm -hmm. and then just getting lights on so that we weren't stumbling around in the dark yeah, and I mean I stopped by your place and you've got it scored away. You've got neighbors that are all on the same page with you too, in terms of like you're looking out for one another, which is really awesome. Um, you know, me, I just moved to North Carolina, like at the time that this happened, like a little over 30 days. So I don't have a generator yet. You know, I, I had to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff um on the drive or before the drive. So now I'm in a different boat, right? Like you've got your house. I'm in a community, like an apartment community, so I'm not running a generator. Similar to you, I was like, I got to take care of my food. Um, I had just gone to Connecticut to visit family. I just got a deer and I had all my deer that I spent hours grinding and and butchering. And I had that in my freezer and I was like, I got to keep this good. A freezer with a full freezer, if you don't open that door, you're good for about 48 hours. But we got the text message that said, on Sunday. That power might not be restored until Thursday. I was like, holy crap, this is a game changer. I was like, damn, all that time that I spent butchering that deer, gone. All that meat, gone. I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, so I closed up my refrigerator. I even duct taped the top of my refrigerator. I was like, I don't want this thing to accidentally open. I'm like, no way in hell. Um, and I maintained the the temperature inside the refrigerator not the freezer by uh, by throwing a couple bags of ice in there. Um and then as far as like what I was eating, I was just eating the stuff that I knew would go bad first, right? So most people will go uh refrigerator, freezer and then pantry with canned goods. Um as far as my emergency lighting, you had the generator I didn't I was using LED lanterns which my god, those things technology's really come a long way. Um you actually got one of those lanterns that I think I said when I stopped by your house the other day, I was like, damn, I think this is the one that I learned how to camp with, right? Like
1: Yep. And an old Coleman with that takes D cell batteries, but it lasts forever and it works.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's a time when you don't want to use propane indoors. There's a time when you don't want to, you know, hook up all your lights to generators because you're you don't want to draw too much power because you need it for the essentials, right? So I would not recommend throwing away double a mini lanterns i wouldn't recommend throwing away those d cell lanterns uh if you have a lantern that's rechargeable you know make sure that you're charging those things up um that was really a game changer for me it was just having that because people are forgetting that when this power outage happened it's fall on the verge of winter so the days are getting really long i'm sorry the days are getting really short darkness is, is getting really really long so you need light at night and something that I think will freak people out is realizing that there was a curfew in place. Now, I know from your police background, when all the riots were taking place in 2020, was there a curfew up there?
1: They tried to put one in effect, but it wasn't. We were just too busy doing other things to enforce that.
0: Yeah. So now what are well like what are some of the consequences of breaking a curfew? Like what what happens, do you know?
1: Legally? I don't I don't know what there is. There could be city and village ordinance that if you violate that curfew, you can be fined. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for lack of a better term, it gives police a reason to, if you're out of that and there's a curfew in effect, it gives them a good reason to stop you to say, where are you going? What are you doing?
0: Right. Kind of
1: just to stop the illegal activity or at least slow it down a little
0: yeah because i got a lot of messages um i still had cell phone service i was still you know on social media talking to people asking like how are you doing this and that people were like oh it's so unconstitutional having a curfew i'm like look i i get it like i i think we should be able to to you know go here and there whenever we want but they declared an uh, a actual disaster right, or emergency right yeah, countywide state emergency, emergency statewide yeah. emergency oh it wasn't I'm sorry, or
1: county-wide. County-wide. countywide. A county County, state of emergency in a county.
0: State of emergency in a county.
1: The other reason why they put that into effect is because all the traffic lights are out. So for yeah. safety reasons driving, because people don't understand or they, they just don't want to be patient and stop at the... Everybody's supposed to stop and there were crashes.
0: Oh my God. I went to Lowe's Home Improvement just to kind of just get an idea of what, what was going on. Like after a while, you sit in your house and you can only... You know play on the internet for so long and i can only do so many tasks like the the benefit of having a a blackout my place is clean right now it's like so clean toilets are spotless um but i went to, to lowe's and i was walking around and when i was walking into lowe's i heard this loud thud it sounded like a like a dump truck dumped its load right and then when i walked out of lowe's like 15 minutes later i heard fire trucks police cars and then when i was driving out of lowe's I drove by it and it was like a Tacoma that was pulling a trailer that got sideswiped by another car. Like it was a bad accident. Um, cause people weren't stopping at stoplights, you know? And I think what happens is, is that we're so used to like, Oh, the light has to be green or it has to be red. Like that's the only thing we're paying attention to when the power's out, people are like, Oh, I guess there's no light at all. No, There's no rules. And if you have two people that have those thoughts, bad things happen. Um, now you didn't see any accidents, right? But you heard of them? I didn't see any accidents. Yeah. I just heard of them. Where were you getting your news from primarily?
1: Well, initially, and I don't know if it was because of the power outage, I couldn't access the internet and my cellular data for some reason, whether mm-hmm. the tower was down and didn't have power enough for it. So I was actually just getting information from neighbors from just from word of mouth.
0: Yeah. And word was still traveling pretty quickly because you had information I didn't have, and I had the the ability to like go on to the the talk of Moore County or whatever the Facebook group is and see people saying, oh, I heard this. I heard that. But I mean, you had all that, even though you didn't have that, you know, digital connection to the rest of the world. Um, the, the traffic thing, you know, just still talking about that. I'll admit it. I blew through one light and I was like, holy shit that was bad. You know what I mean? Like I got that pucker factor where I was like, that could have me been me sideswiping. And maybe it was me having complacency or whatever, but um, I and know- almost have
1: to increase your situational awareness tremendously so that you're acknowledging that, oh, there's no lights, you know, to catch your attention. You have to pay more
0: attention when you're driving. And one of the things that I started paying attention to after I did that was I made it a point to stop at every light, but then I noticed that the cars behind me didn't notice that I was slowing down and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get, you know, rear-ended here. Like it was dangerous on the road. So for people that were like, oh, don't, uh, don't poo-poo the, the curfew. I mean, between nine o'clock and 5am during a blackout, where are you going, right? Like, what is your purpose? Unless you're maybe out of town and you're just coming back home, but like, what are you doing out and about? Because at those hours, I'm pretty exhausted and, and my situational awareness is going way down. Um, what else did you find was like a, a difficulty during the blackout? I mean, we have driving, it, we have keeping food cool. Um, you already mentioned keeping your house warm. I know for, for my side, like I don't have a fireplace in my apartment. I just put on clothes and I considered it camping indoors. I was like, I've got freaking clothes to be in the Arctic if I need to. Um, so I just felt like I was camping indoors, but people were losing their minds over how to heat their homes. Uh, did you hear of any ways that people were getting creative heating their homes?
1: I didn't hear them. All I've heard is a lot of whining that people wanted somebody to take care of them, mm-hmm. but, and some people aren't capable of taking care of themselves. You have elderly people. I think there was an elderly person that died and they're attributing it to the action where they took the power out yeah um I don't know, it's kind of just a preparedness thing you're like you said it was like camping but a big hard-sided
0: tent is <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the best freaking tent you could possibly get um you know like i know continuing with that idea of camping indoors i took my camp stove and i put my camp stove on top of my actual stove did the same exact thing problem solved uh i know as far as the toilets like I didn't have any issues with water. I did hear of people who had issues getting clean water and they were like, what do we do, what do we do? How do we flush our toilets? And it's like, well, you have dirty water coming out of your sink then, if you, if that's the case, or you have water stored up. People forget you can add water to your bowl and the pressure manually flushes your toilet. But that type of knowledge just disappeared. I don't know what people were doing. I don't know, like were they just going to their backyard? Um, I know that if you don't know or don't have a solution for sanitation, that's where you're going to get sick. Yes. I mean, and you've got the medical background. Um, I mean, what type of medical related injuries or medical related illnesses or whatever it may be can come about because of a power outage? Like what are people not thinking of?
1: Well, they're wandering around in the dark. So just simple falls and tripping into stuff, trying to feel their way around in the dark or burns from trying to cook with a fire outside when you're not used to cooking over a fire or carbon monoxide poisoning from bringing gas grills and alternate heating sources inside and not ventilating it well enough like i managed to set my smoke detectors off heating up my zodi shower in the bathroom without having a window open and that's just a small propane burn yeah but it was enough that it set my smoke detectors off wow so we had to but simple fix was i was just busy doing other things and not thinking clearly and it wasn't the carbon monoxide detector went off it was it must have been just the heat from that
2: ketone iq is not a keto diet product you don't have to be a keto diet practitioner to be taking advantage of ketone iq ketone iq is drinkable ketones our bodies are already making and using ketones to some extent or another that's generally what we hear about them. we think about things like the carb-restricted diet But it's nature's natural super fuel and having this super clean energy source that we can drink at different intervals and times of the day has been awesome. I use it specifically in the middle of the day. Uh, I confess I use caffeine basically every day, generally in the form of a pre-workout. But in the middle of the day, it's not when I'm looking to add more caffeine into my routine or my schedule, into the mix, into my body. So using Ketone IQ in the middle of the day has been an awesome way to get through that uh, that slump when I am might be tilting towards a siesta, especially in the middle of the day when I want to do a lot of the cognitive stuff that I've got scheduled or planned out. Uh, ketones cross the blood-brain barrier, and so it's a fuel source for body and mind. I feel a lot more switched on when I'm using Ketone IQ versus a lot of other energy sources that I've used in the past, and it is way more beneficial to get through that middle hump in the day. And it's, it's an energy source that feels like a drink that, or a, a cup that just doesn't, doesn't get empty. And it often takes me well into the evening that I can knock out some of the stuff I'm trying to to get accomplished. So if you're looking for an energy source that doesn't have that caffeine crash or that insulin spike, then I think Ketone IQ might be for you. What you can do is you can head on over to hvmn.com. That stands for Health Via Modern Nutrition, if you want to look that up. And you can use the promo code Fieldcraft at checkout and save 20%, which is a pretty cool deal. I've looked around a little bit and I don't know if anyone is getting as good of a deal as we are. So make sure you head on over and check that out.
0: Man, I'll tell you, we talked not too long ago about just that miserable cold and it's not freezing cold. It's not below 32. We talked about how there's that cold that is just bone chilling where the wind is blowing and it's like, 35 to 45 degrees. Luckily the power outage, or I should say coincidentally, the power outage happened during a cold spell, which actually made it easier to preserve the food. Like when my apartment got cold, I was like, man, I guess I'm not trying to warm my body or cool my body and try to keep my food cold. It was like, I'll be just as cold as my food and I'm good good with that. But how would this have been different if this was like, North Carolina summer like high humidity 90s like what do you think could have happened
1: well then you're gonna you got to be concerned about with heat related illnesses you know people you know getting too hot without having the air conditioner running I know when I moved down here in August I had my air conditioner running constantly and that was just to keep it comfortable so I plan on making sure that I can run my air conditioner off my generator yeah. if that were to happen. But then you're going to have to worry about food spoiling going faster. And you talk about hygiene. If people's toilets aren't flushing, now you're, you've you got heat to get that bacteria growing. and
0: Yeah. it, You know, when we think of uh, like a survival scenario or an emergency scenario, everyone jumps right away to end of the world atomic bomb, right? Like a last Babylon type of stuff or zombie apocalypse or whatever. We turned the lights off and people lost their freaking minds. Um, I know from my side, again, we live about 15 minutes apart, just on my neck of the woods around golf courses, people were asking questions that I was like, you don't know the answer to that. Like, seriously, you don't know. And I, I, and you try to help them out. Um, you, you shoot them a DM or whatever. Um, but I was just blown away that common knowledge just, it it wasn't there. Like, what do we do with all the food in our refrigerator if it's gone bad? It's like, you probably throw it out, but they didn't know what to do. Um, Now, granted, some people held on to it because I already heard accounts of people who lost hundreds of dollars worth of groceries. They filed a claim and they've already got the insurance company saying, we got you. state of emergency you don't have to jump through hoops that type of thing so i get it some people kept their food in their their freezers but when i went to the grocery store and i'm looking down the entire frozen food section and i'm talking to the grocery store uh, attendees or no workers no need to get all fancy with the term attend attendees no grocery store workers they were like yeah we lost tens of thousands of dollars in the meat section alone and then i was like oh that's terrible they're like oh no no what was even worse the compactor in the back is run by electricity. They couldn't throw out the meat, so they had it just rotting in the back of the, the store, which means that now you're bringing in vermin. It's like, we don't need a nuclear disaster to cripple this country. No.
1: And when I, when I went to Sanford on Monday, yeah, there was actually people that they must have had excessive amounts of hot dogs in their freezer. They actually were giving away hot dogs and bottles of water roadside. No Anybody kidding. who wanted them,
0: yeah, and and you know, maybe it takes a a disaster like this to bring out the good in humanity. I know the local food lion was giving out free cases of water, like one per family. Um, I know the food truck. What's that? The food truck place called? Oh, Red's Corners. Red's Corners. They were giving away food to all the the line workers, all the Duke Energy guys. Which, by the way, if you're from Duke Energy and you're you're paying attention to this, uh, thank you so much, you guys. badass um every time i was out there was always someone on every single corner and like you guys delivered ahead of schedule um but yeah red's corner they were giving out food did you hear of any others like
1: there was a couple of churches that were doing the same thing mm -hmm. they were giving out almost had like a food line for lack of a better term so they were like you know anybody that wanted it you know come in and get food something warm and then at that point they had the shelters open also yeah some of the county and town buildings where there were Giving people food and water, also hot showers, hot showers. There was uh, somewhere in Moore County, they were doing a laundry service, also. Yeah, which that was the other thing. We, my wife, and I were thinking about is like, what if you have a sick child? And you know, if anybody who has children knows, you know, kids are sick, they make a mess out of their sheets numerous times, and towels cleaned up messes. And it's like, what would
0: you do? Because eventually, you'd run out of stuff, food, hot showers um, laundry service, warming centers, which we're both from the Northeast. And our idea of cold is a little bit different than Southern cold, right? Like I know some of the Southern friends that we have here, like it hits 50 and they've got triple fat goose down jackets on, right? (laughs) Like, uh, but they had warming centers set up, um, something that people took for granted, uh, device charging centers, Mm -hmm. because I know that, uh, it was interesting when people, We're like, oh my God, I don't have a battery pack. I can't charge my phone. Um, I don't have the, or, or they did have a battery pack, but then the battery pack ran out. It's like, well, how many battery packs do you need to charge your phone from completely zero to 100%? Like, would you need to do that one time a day, twice a day? How many battery packs would that theoretically need? But then also how do you conserve the energy of your phone? Like, do you only have a comms window where you're like, I'll check my phone for the first 15 minutes every hour or every two hours. Because if you don't have the means to go out and buy all these battery packs, well, you don't have to be dead in the water. You can kind of say, like, all right, I'm going to ration everything, you know. Um,
1: And you have your vehicle also, if you have a vehicle. There's your portable charging station. You can, you know, most vehicles now have multiple charging ports. So you can plug lots of things and lots of the LED and small fans and stuff which I actually used a small fan because the fan wasn't hooked up to the electricity part for the generator. So I had a little fan that's meant to go on car seats or strollers that was above the fireplace and that was circulating the heat in the house and it actually kept the house plenty warm.
0: What were you saying when I, when I came over for dinner the other night, uh, you told your neighbor, you're like, yeah, we used to idle our cars at work. Like how long can a car idle on, on a tank of gas? Oh, on a tank? Yeah.
1: You can go, if you have a full tank of gas, You could probably go 48
0: hours idling i bet if not longer yeah because you said that they never turn the cars off at work right Right. it was like
1: in the winter time just because it was so cold they would just constantly but they were fueling them up in between there yeah but i mean like on a snowy night that you're not driving around your car's idling to keep the car cleared off you might go through you know a quarter of a tank of gas just sitting idling
0: yeah that's something that that glover talks about when we do the mobility experience out west he's like if you are trying to figure out how you want to spend the night uh using your vehicle to get into the great outdoors you have rooftop tents you've got ground tents a lot of people when they come to those mobility experiences they'll just sleep inside their vehicle and they'll cut plywood to create platforms that level the area uh, between the passenger seat and the like their cargo area especially like you know how like i've got that boss strong box like i've got to have a piece of plywood to to level the seat to the top of the boss strong box if i wanted to sleep in my car but he's like yeah you could idle your vehicle for a very very long time and your vehicle is a generator right like people forgot that um one of the interesting things that happened one of the cool coolest stories i was telling these guys earlier uh in our meeting uh, i was like yeah you know jerry had me over for dinner he had his neighbors over for dinner and your neighbor, you you said that you noticed that your neighbor's generator wasn't working. Correct. And you went over there and you put fuel in it or you started it for him. Yeah, I went over and put fuel in it. His response at dinner, I thought he was gonna cry. He was like, he's like, I can't believe you're you would do that. You're that good of a person, you know? I think that's a testament, number one, to you for being a, a stand-up dude, but it's also like proof that a blackout's not gonna destroy that relationship between neighbors, you know, like I think we're so quick to go to gloom and doom. Like, Oh, you come to my door and I'm going to, I'm not going to let you in. I'm not going to, I did not experience that. Um, if anything, and
1: I know that his parents are both elderly. Yeah. Um, father has dementia so i know that he's not capable of doing it and the mother's just older so she shouldn't be picking up a five gallon can of gas so i knew it was off and at first i texted him just because i didn't want to cross any lines but then i didn't get a text back from him and i knew his parents were in there so because i went and helped them hook their generator get their generator set up the night before Mm -hmm. it's just it's good seeing other prepared people like the guy's girlfriend who came for dinner she had a gun in one pocket and a thing of pepper spray in the other <laughs> yeah. pocket. So I mean, it's it's just good to know that's the kind of neighbors you have.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't I don't know what it is or why we do it, but I feel like there's a there's a hesitancy to get to know your neighbors. It's like this is my castle. I'm going to stay here. No one comes in here. It's like, but your neighbors are going to be there when stuff like that happens. Um, you know. I've been living in North Carolina for a month now, and we finally, and I still have to give you mine, uh, we finally, I was like, Jerry, I know you gave me once the, the combo to this and that and your door code, but like, that's good to have someone who can go by and check, check on your place, you know, like, that's a simple prep that costs nothing other than a little bit of trust, you know, like, worst case scenario, something happens at your daughter's school. I'm on that list to pick up your daughter and, right. and rush her to, you You know? Um, what are some of the other things that you think people should be doing? Because, like, we've covered a lot of the basics, but there's other stuff that we're forgetting. Like,
1: I was thinking for myself, even, like, like backup communication. Like, mm-hmm. what if the cell's gone down, you know, cell towers gone down, and we didn't have any way to, like, communicate back and forth. So now I'm looking at getting even one of the, you know, the cheap handheld ham radios and, you know, even if it's for emergency use. I mean, yes, I shouldn't get my license and because I've dragged my feet with that long <laughs> enough, but just to have an alternate form of communication because I don't have a landline cell phone. And that was also down because, so I couldn't get any internet access even when I powered every, the Wi-Fi router up. It just wasn't there. So th- th- a big thing for me is gonna was uh, alternate communication source.
0: Yeah, and I've got that uh, Garmin inReach that I finally pulled the trigger on and for, I think they're on sale now, like 350 bucks, it's like $120 a year for the subscription. But knowing that I could quite literally be anywhere in the world and send you a text message that right there is is powerful, right? Like you can communicate when the phone lines are down. I've had some people say like, Oh, uh, you know, what if the government shuts down GPS? And I'm like, yeah, well, what if this, and what if that we could, what if to death, right? You know, um, I would rather have it and run that risk then not have it and be like well didn't matter anyway right i'm screwed either way um john over here was talking about setting up a larger antenna so he can have a further reach with his radios i think that makes a lot of sense to to have that radio radio communication pony express like you said messages got out pretty quickly that way um so like survival priorities like security wise and we already talked about this we check doors at night um you know, during the blackout, instead of just carrying my, my Glock 19, just naked, I put the weapon light on it. I was like, I could go somewhere. Or was
1: that, that was the other thing. Weapons mounted lights. you know, I, I double check those on the yeah. shotguns and the rifles just to make sure. And regarding light, I also have solar powered motion activated floodlights outside around the yard. It's for mm-hmm. our dogs at night. So I can see what they're doing, but it also gives you another layer of security. So, you know, if those lights come on and the dogs are inside that
0: Someone's out there.
1: Something's out there.
0: Yeah. So emergency comms, security, um, you know, I'm trying to think what else we have. Water we already talked about. I mean, it makes sense to like when you go to the grocery store, buy buy an extra gallon or two of water every week, right? And, you know, unless you're storing hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water indoors, above the ground floor, you don't have to worry about changing the structural integrity of your, your house. Like I know if you have like one of those big 55 gallon drums and you start stacking those in the corner, like it can do this to your to your house. But I mean, if you're living like I am right now in an apartment, I've got it placed here, there and everywhere and it, it, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but I have that water in case for whatever reason, the water got compromised. Um, food, I mean, even within a week, you're not going to require a lot of food You know like food is a long-term survival priority but let's say that this event did go more than a week yeah you probably would need to start eating you know you're gonna lose your capability of doing work you're gonna get tired i mean you definitely want to have food what i know we talked about this what's your go-to survival food the go-to yeah well no, no no not go to but like what do you what do you have stored up like what's your your favorite type
1: I have everything from dehydrated to rice and beans with the the lentils, peas and rice. If yep. you mix them two parts rice, one part lentils, one part beans, I think it is. It gives you like a complete protein and a complete, you know, balanced meal to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't want to live on it forever, but it will sustain you for quite some time.
0: Yeah. And you know, if you're in the cold, you need fat. Um every time i go to the supermarket i buy a big jar of peanut butter and i know you're a peanut butter slut like i am and i will throughout the day just grab a spoonful and it's like i'm good now for like another hour hour and a half you know um and it's again it's not sexy it's low tech just add a little food prep to your to your emergency supplies um shelter we talked about having good clothing um we talked about warming your place But now let's talk about this concept because you saw it and I saw it. For whatever reason, you do not feel comfortable. You do not feel safe in your house. I know personally, like my neighborhood out here in North Carolina, one of the highest concentrations of tier one SF guys in the world, right? All right here. People don't do stupid shit. Cause they know that they're probably going to get smoked, right? Yeah. Like you got a bunch of guys that are super capable. Um, and then you got the redneck factor. So if you're not a super capable dude from the military, you're a good old farm boy that has probably been shooting rats in the backyard, you know, that type of thing. So you're doubly screwed. Um, but let's say for whatever reason you decide I'm not staying in my house. I'm running out of food. Maybe sanitation's terrible. Maybe you're noticing crime in the neighborhood, something, and you decide to bug out. What was your experience being on the road? Because then I'll share mine.
1: So I w- decided I was going to go grab some, I didn't need fuel, but I wanted to get some extra f- fuel for the generator and get some in my truck. And then if it was going to be out until Thursday, I wanted to get some backup propane tanks and just some extra food to have, stuff to put on, cook on the smoker. And as I was as I got off the secondary roads and hit a primary road, there was traffic backed up for... Probably two miles, as far as I could see, trying to get onto um, Highway 1 or U.S. Route 1. Yeah. So, like, you're, it's not going to be a fast thing. Like, it should have been an hour-long trip for me to go grab my stuff and get back. And I was gone, like, three hours because the stores in Sanford were just mobbed.
2: Element is an electrolyte drink mix that I love, and I am using it all the time now. I've been doing a lot of high-intensity interval training. And so with that, I get super dehydrated. And using Element uh, once, sometimes twice a day, to be able to throw in some of those electrolytes back into my body really helps me not feel the drag of being dehydrated. So it is an awesome tool uh, for that, as well as I have a huge craving for sweet soda, sweet soda, sugary drinks all of the time. And because the Element flavors are so good... It helps kind of curve that, uh, that craving that I get for soda all of the stinking time. So that's how I've been using it, especially for that, to make sure that I'm not ingesting empty calories of soda all the time. I can actually drink some electrolytes that are going to do my body some good. So what they are offering is to try it for free. For the listeners of the podcast, they can use the link in the show notes. And all you have to do is pay for shipping, which if you're in the U.S., that'll be about five bucks. So no big deal. And then they're going to send you eight packets of the assorted flavors. Again, all these, I mean, tons of these flavors are awesome. Um, And all the citrus ones are the ones I cannot recommend enough. I'm drinking an orange citrus literally right now. And it is definitely worth checking out. So go ahead and head on over and pay for shipping, have them send you your eight packets of the assorted flavors. If you end up trying it and decide you want to buy it, And then decide that you don't feel the benefits or you don't like the flavors, which again, I think that won't happen. But if that's the case, they pride themselves on the customer service and you can return it for no questions asked. So anyways, this is an awesome offer. I love Element. I think it's a great thing and it's definitely worth trying out. So make sure you head on over and get yourself some assorted flavors. With that, again, thanks to Ketone IQ and to Element for sponsoring today's podcast. Let's go ahead and move on with the show.
0: And, you know, we can say this for sure about this event. It was isolated, right? Like Moore County, 40,000 people affected, but I drove 20 miles or 20 minutes away and there's full power. Um, but what was interesting, and this is my experience, I, I went to one Circle K and I was like, oh, great. Circle K is open. I'm getting gas, top off the vehicle. I'm going to go inside, get a, a hot cup of coffee. I even got like, this is at like seven in the morning. I got like chicken sandwiches. I was like, oh, this will be good. Like just take advantage of the resources when you got them. So, uh, I'm like, Hey, can I grab a couple bags of ice? They're like, Oh, we're out of ice. We're not expecting ice back for maybe a day or two. And this was right off the main drag leading out of, out of Aberdeen. Well, I said, I've got a feeling I've got a, I got a hunch that people are sticking to the main drag. They're not going off the exits. So I drove one exit North and I drove an, like a mile or two off that exit, found another circle K and I'm like, what are the chances that this ice container is going to be empty? I open it up and it's to the brim. And I and I asked the the gal that was inside, I'm like, hey, you, know, you see a lot of people from Moore County? She goes, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. That was maybe a mile north and a mile, say, east. And all the supplies were there. People tend to go to the convenience, like convenience store, right? They go to convenience but they don't think of the inconvenient that could offer them what they need. Like, here's another concept. You're in an area where there's a huge crowd and something causes people to rush to the exit. Well, everyone finds the convenient exit and they don't look for the inconvenient exit, right? And as a result of going towards convenience, they die because they get trampled. Well, the person that says, hey, that window up there, we could probably get out of it. Yeah, they live. I think that's something that people need to consider in these these circumstances is like, where are most people going to go?
1: I call it the cattle effect. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about that. Because anybody who's had like cattle, what they do is cows, they leave and go back to the barn on the same exact way all the time. They go right nose to tail, they weave their way down their trail and- if you shut a road down and people that live there know there's other roads around, they're like, this is the only way I know how to go home. So that's right. They're only going to go to the places they know and they're comfortable. I always go to this circle, K okay, in this corner. Oh, there's nothing there. Or, or that's why there was nothing there because they they used it up. But it's just, that's it's a cattle effect. They, they only know one way to do it and they don't think outside of the box to
0: find an alternative route. Yeah, and you know, at night... I know we're jumping around all over the place so for all you haters that might say they're all scattered well guess what this just happened suck it um so for all the haters that are like oh uh you know they're jumping around well let's talk for a second about keeping food cold the first couple nights it got down to like 30s well 40 degrees is the critical temperature for your refrigerator a lot of people didn't think to take all their food out keep it outside and then bring it in in the morning you know like i know that there's a chance that you're probably going to cool off your refrigerator but there's a guarantee that for most of the night most of the the 24-hour period it's going to be stable you know um man what what else is there There, there's so much that we could talk about on this on the subject like moving forward what are some of the the changes that you're going to make to your well i'm first
1: thing i'm probably going to do is install a generator transfer switch just so i don't have to run lead cords all over in order to have stuff you know figure out the essential circuits that i want wired Mm. into that so i can just plug the generator into that Uh, i'm going to have my stuff more organized because i just moved here in august and it wasn't a total scramble i knew i had stuff that i was looking for such as the camp stove and the propane for the camp stove and lanterns but they were just kind of like Scattered, and they were in this shed and in that shed. So I'm just going to kind of get stuff more organized. Um, fortunately, my wife is on board with all this. So it was great. You know, she was able to take care of tasks, and so I don't have to worry about that part. Um, definitely have to replenish all the stuff that I used because I did go through some smaller propane tanks, and I got to replace some gas, um, get the... Like in the move, not checking my gear after the move for the the Zodi shower I have set up where I could have hot water, mm. I rigged it up with a plastic uh, hose nozzle from the sink, like for spraying your dishes off. Well, in the move, that got smashed, so I couldn't we couldn't really use it, so I ended up just taking the one off the sink. So you know, so that's something that has to be replaced. You know, we swapped them back and forth. Um, Again, yeah, mostly it's just going to be replenishing things. Yeah. Maybe get some, a couple other lights, but again, wiring the house with the generator. But then when the generator goes down, you know, figure out another heat source. So I have a contingency heat source. I mean, I have small propane heaters that we could use, you know, just ventilate it to provide some more heat to the, you know, house. And that was the other thing we did is we closed off the non-essential rooms and we, we kind of used like half the house. Mm -hmm. We set a living room up as a bedroom because that's where the heat was. And then we all just kind of had a little slumber party and camped out there. And it was the kitchen living room area. So
0: that was good. But So closing off the, the airspace that you don't need to heat, uh, replenishing gear. Uh, I know those little one pound propane tanks disappeared. They're gone. They got, I,
1: even even in Sanford, the, the shelves were empty and the other thing I did is I hadn't ever replaced the charcoal because I didn't move it when I moved down, but I went and bought more charcoal so that I could do cooking on the Dutch oven outside mm-hmm. also.
0: And, and you can also get the hoses with the adapters to run your two burner camp stoves off of like a five pound tank or a 35 pound tank. Yes, you know, that's,
1: like, a, that's the other thing that's on the list to do. Yeah,
0: it's like 25 bucks. I just, I just bought one at Ace Hardware. Um, now, what about your daughter? Because obviously like we're, we're grown ass men, and your wife is, is an adult, but your daughter, she's young. How do you maintain your sanity? How do you keep her entertained when power's out? Because like kids these days, all they want to do is like be entertained by what they have in front of them. So like, what did you guys do? She fortunately for me
1: wants to be involved in everything I'm doing. So me being busy going around, taking care of the generator, you know, getting the shower up and running for everybody. She had to be right there involved in all that. So that kind of occupied her a lot. Um, She has lots of like games and stuff and, you know, just dig new stuff out that she hasn't seen before. I could take a box full of stuff from moving and put it on the floor and she's going to be occupied for hours. I'm not saying stuff's not going to get destroyed in that box, but she's going to be occupied and...
0: Yeah, because I was surprised. I brought over that sacrificial glow stick. I was like, well, it's it's something, right? Like maybe she'll play with that for hours. She kind of looked at it and was like, oh, this is nice and put it down and like walked away. I'm like
1: But she did use she, she did take it to bed with her that night.
0: Okay. Yeah, because you know I'm I'm the funkel, right? The That's right. So uh all right, so we, we covered like the the vehicles, we covered the house. Uh something that we forgot to mention, headlamps. Headlamps, headlamps, headlamps. headlamps. Like My God, if ever there was a time that you're going to get the most bang for your buck, it's out of a headlamp. I mean, it was daytime and you had one around your neck. Uh, Because
1: you're going to go in. I mean, the same thing back when I was more so a city police officer. It's like, it's daylight. What are you carrying a flashlight for? Mm -hmm. Well, because basements are dark. Yeah. You know, the storage sheds didn't have power. So when I'm going in the shed, fishing around for something, you need the headlamp.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, the power for me came on Tuesday, right? So I didn't have it as bad as as you. I think you got yours back on Wednesday, right? Um, oh, no, you got yours back. Or was it Monday? You got Monday, yours Monday, Monday and I got mine back yeah. Tuesday morning. So it wasn't um, that long. Yeah, well, it really was not that bad. I, I, I feel like I, you know, got the long end of the stick on that one, right? Um, now, when that power came on, I immediately started charging my batteries again. Um, I had a, a sun SunJack solar panel, like a little folding notebook size mm-hmm. solar panel. And I was using that to charge my batteries when the sun was out. But when that power came back on, I'm like, I need to get my batteries back up and running. And I'm not gonna draw a lot of power. Like I didn't turn on the lights in the house or anything like that. But I started plugging in these batteries because I was like, if it's one of these, hey, we're gonna give you a little bit of power, kind of charge up your fridge, then we're gonna turn it off. Or if it was intermittent, for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to take advantage of what i have before it's gone um i think if anything from this power outage it made me realize the importance of like how can i generate power so vehicle solar power um have you ever messed around with one of those bio light stoves i have not yeah i think that's not a bad option um but i mean how long are you running your stove for you know like i think it's more of a novelty, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it's a grill that you're grilling for hours and hours, like for a party, maybe. But I don't know. That was another option. I was like, eh, maybe I'll get one of those. And I was oh, like, The
1: other oh. thing I saw, too, that shout out to Nate Spearing yeah. is DeWalt makes a USB charger that goes on the DeWalt battery. So it's easy to keep your DeWalt batteries charged up. And then the unit just slides on the top of the battery. And I think it
0: has two USB ports in it you know, no, no BS. I got to show you something. I saw that same thing. And just so you know, I, uh, where is it? Gallery. That's it. Yeah. I screenshotted that same thing. I was like, damn, I did not know that they make one of these. So I've got a former student from, uh, from one of the courses down in South Carolina, Brianna, Brianna, I'm going to hit you up. Uh, she worked for DeWalt. Maybe we'll get some company ones and do some testing on them. Um, man, I will say this, like the power grid is super vulnerable. Uh, they're offering $75,000 reward for this guy. He got, he got away or she got away or whatever. Um, early on there was speculation that the, the grid went down out of protest for like a, a drag queen show in Southern Pines. I'm pretty sure that they've dismissed that, but they're also running with the possibility that it could have been a disgruntled worker. Um, But I mean, guys, there's no secret that the power grid is fragile, you know, like, I guess this happened in Vegas already. It's happened or not Vegas, uh, Portland it's happened in parts of California. It's happened in South Carolina. It could happen anywhere. We lucked out in that it wasn't super hot. It wasn't super cold. Um, I mean, I feel terrible that people lost hundreds of dollars worth of groceries before the holidays, you know, and now they've got to spend that and who knows how it affects, you know, their family. But man, I've seen
1: the other people that are on like public assistance and that kind of thing. So it was just after the first of the month. So they may not, you know, they're not going to get more money or be able to get more food for another couple, you know, weeks. So that's.
0: Yeah, it was rough. Um, and I think there might still be like a couple thousand that still don't have power, you know, like fringe areas. But uh, there are a lot of lessons to be learned from the, the power outage. Again, it doesn't have to be a nuclear disaster, zombie apocalypse, uh, COVID outbreak, right? COVID. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just turning off the lights, that revealed so many weaknesses in our game. And we're a preparedness company. But there are still things I was like, damn, I could do that better. Yep. you know. And hopefully, if, if people are listening to this, watching this, they're going to say, man, That's what it's really like for a group of squared away guys. I'm not squared away, or maybe I'm like them, but it's still going to suck. We talk about that idea of embracing the suck. Well, we just did. Um, Any final thoughts? I mean, there's so much we could talk
1: about. We could go on forever and ever, but uh, my big takeaways are make sure I have all my stuff squared away. I mean, I was prepared, but not organized. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it didn't take me, you know, about a couple hours to get... You know everything up and running but i could have made it more efficient to do that making sure that i don't leave the gas can empty when i get done filling the lawnmower or chainsaw or whatever it may be and keeping the, the truck i had a half a tank in my truck but mm-hmm. i should have filled up that after that day before and i didn't
0: yeah i know i had a whole bunch of like uh credit card like reward bucks and i had I was like, well, what am I going to do next time my freezer is on the fritz like that? Well, I ended up buying like a big Yeti, which actually should be delivered today at some point. But uh, I was like, I'll just throw everything in there and that thing will keep things cold for a long time. Um, the the five-gallon or five-pound propane tank, that was a, an easy purchase. Um, like you said, have everything organized. Have a blackout kit, you in know.
1: Community, you know. It, it doesn't It doesn't cost money to, you know. Get to know your neighbors. It doesn't have to be, you know, zombies are coming or a Red Dawn scenario, you know, just talking to your neighbors and prior to it so that you have a communication network or, you know, if you need something, you could go somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to call out Doc uh, or what he was asking for, but it's like he put out the, the feelers to the community and a stranger helped him out. It's like, dude, just call me. I live like five minutes. From I here, had a you little know? chat with
1: him about that. Also. Yeah, I know.
0: Right. Um, but it's 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 a powerful Powerful tool if you have people that are like-minded that have different skill sets that you're working as one unit now as opposed to a bunch of individuals, you know. Um, so, guys, this this power outage—it's still we're still feeling the effects of it. Um, I know that folks are are buying things online uh, to improve their prep now. Don't let what happened to us here in North Carolina. Uh, just kind of be like a one and done learn from our mistakes learn from our uh accomplishments what we we're able to to keep going and uh hopefully if this ever affects you then you'll know exactly what to do or you'll have a better idea of what to do um anything else i can think of yeah Till the next time right That's right so uh all right guys uh like i said this has uh, been an interesting experience. This is the first podcast back. So if we were a little bit scattered with our thoughts, look, there's no script here, right? I mean, I've got my phone, but it's not on for you know following this. This is just all the stuff that's fresh in our minds. Not even 72 hours after the power came back on. Um, hopefully you're taking notes. If you have any questions, put your questions in the comments below, reach out to us on social media. Uh, Jerry, now that he's retired from the police force, can actually be a little bit more active on social media. So what's your Instagram if people Uh, want?
1: At Young, Jerry Young, with a G for Jerry.
0: Yeah, and I'm at Estella Wild Ed. You can always reach out to uh, at Fieldcraft Survival or at Fieldcraft Training. Guys, we'll we'll answer your questions if you have them. Uh, Our goal is to make you a better prepared version of yourself. And hopefully from our experience, You're well on your way to that. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kevin Estella of Fieldcraft Survival. Till next time.